Hello, I'm Amy Day. You're listening to Mend, Life at the Seams. This is where we meet inside the broken places. That intersection of what is lacking and what we have to give. Inside this space, we gather with ordinary people, parents, poets, permaculturists, pot farmers, travelers, teachers, technopreneurs, artists, and activists. People from all walks of life who are taking root at the margins, who are daring to do the brave and audacious work of mending what is broken in this world. Those who have chosen to step into the gap, so to speak, to leverage whatever skills and vision they possess to chart a new way forward for the betterment of us all. And those who are calling us to do the same. This might just be your clarion call to take the thread that you carry, the one that's a piece of a much larger tapestry and to weave a different story than the one you've been handed. So welcome to Mend. Artists, to my mind, are the real architects of change, and not the political legislators who implement change after the fact. William S. Burroughs. When it comes to leading lives of passion and creativity, we tend to believe in a set binary. There are those of us, so we say, that are meant to write, paint, dance, create, make the world a bit more vivid and beautiful by our voice, our touch, our presence. It is the work to which we are called to in this life. Then, the same story goes, there are those who are meant to engage in matters of policy, civic discourse and dialogue, who can best affect change at the structural, boardroom, nuts and bolts, and dare I say utterly artless side of cultural exchange. There are the artists, and then there are the policy makers, and never shall the two entwine. My guest today is someone who tosses this limited theory out on its head. Leslie Castellano is a local performance artist, teacher, dancer, and businesswoman who also happens to be running for city council, Ward 1 in Eureka to be precise, this year. In this talk, we discuss her decision to venture out of her long tenure as contributing artist to her local community to a person who is striving to affect policy as well. We talk about the intersection of art and politics, about shifting out of our individual and collective comfort zones to lobby on behalf of the type of world we want to live in, which sometimes means canvassing, making phone calls and going door to door, rather than simply writing a song or creating a dance piece. At the heart of each of these impulses, Leslie states, is a driving desire to care for people and build community. Through her efforts as an activist, artist, and community organizer, she longs to build a society where all people are valued. We talk about where this impulse has taken her thus far and the places she's venturing into just now. I hope you'll be inspired as I am by the work and presence of this wonderful woman. She's a reminder to me that even though we all have our designated comfort zones, we can step out of them. 
we can take on new roles, new languages, and new possibilities to begin to mend the culture where we live. There is place for art, for beauty and symbolism and delight, and there is a place for rewriting laws and bylaws, for upending the current structure and mapping out an entirely different system than the one we've known. And there is a way to synthesize the two, so that together they, we, all of us can thrive. Enjoy. Well, I, I would just love to hear, just to kind of position us in time and space, if you would be able just to tell the, the uninitiated listener um, just a little bit about, about you and about the work that you're doing and um, both, um, you know, both personally and professionally, what, what have you got going on right now? Well, I'm Leslie Castellano, and I am currently running for the Council for Eureka for Ward 1. And can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, so is this your, your jam? Have you always been, you know, um, someone <laughs> up front and center and you know, involved in politics? Have you, have you had a long desire to, to run for, for city council or for office? Sure. How did this come to be? What, what was your, yeah, your in, in point? So I've been the director of Synapsis for the past years. I also founded Synapsis. And it's a performance space. And from the very beginning, um, one of the goals of Synapsis was to be really a, a central point and, and connecting point for community, um, for people who come together and want to share something of themselves and experience a, culture, a cultural exchange in some way. Um, you know, and, and through that, I became involved with the Ink People, and which is a much larger cultural organization. And, you know, I really value um, the expressions of all different kinds of people, different kinds of expression, and, and have grown to understand from a very like, personal and experience-based place how valuable, valuable it is that we have a lot of different kinds of people and perspectives in our community. And so that is, I mean, even before I was already educating at school when I was involved with the Sustainable Communities Biodiesel Roadshow, you know, probably, gosh, 17 years ago. Um, you know, so I, I was already like politically minded or, or at least aware of the relationship between the personal, the cultural, and the political. Um, so, you know, through kind of years of advocating for people, I realized that I, I just love building community and I love building inclusive communities. And, um, you know, I honestly believe that our societies are better when more people participate and when we have representatives that, that invite that and, and want more people involved, more different types of people involved. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a very active person in Eureka and have been, you know, watching and participating in politics and decided kind of over the course of the last two years that I wanted to participate more fully, um, partially just because I really like the direction that some things in Eureka are going. I think there's been 
a wonderful movement of developing arts and culture and community and place, but also a, a concern over how like fear and misinformation has also um, confused the public dialogue around different issues and kind of created a lot of tension and polarities um, within the public consciousness in Eureka. And so I think, I mean, one, just having that awareness, but also having a, a real sincere desire to care for and build this community got me involved in running for office. So here I am now um, in, the, in the midst of that process. Awesome. Um, so my, my head went in two different directions. So I'm going to see if I can, I can follow one and still keep a, a, a hold on the other <laughs> thread. Um, sure. One thing that came to mind is just, you know, as a, as someone else, you know, as a fellow creative fellow mm -hmm. artist, um, and the, you know, this mm -hmm. tends to be the type of people that I gravitate towards and that I just, you know, um, feel in, feel in cahoots with, I guess, you know, like I am happiest when I'm, I'm in my sure. creative and just making things and um, and I think for a lot of us creative types there is a feeling that um, well politics isn't my jam you know like that's outside my realm like I'm I'm going to make changes I'm going to be be the change I wish to see all of that you know through my art making and that's going to be my contribution mm -hmm. um, and that's where that's what I'm going to do. And I don't, I don't need to involve myself politically because that's not where I feel led. Um, what was the tipping point for you or what do you, or what even, I guess, do you say to that? Is it, is it enough just to make, make art that feels meaningful that contributes in a way, or do you feel like maybe are, are we coming <laughs> into a different era? I don't know. I, I feel like it's a big societal question right now, right? Like, you know, whereas maybe something sure. it was sure. enough of a contribution just you know a short time ago it, it it feels like the stakes are higher somehow um what, what is your response to that yeah I mean it, it feels that way to me as well uh, I'm very aware of you know, the, the global environmental uh questions you know of you know large migrations of people due to climate change and and also I mean and then the the social political effects of things like war, wars that have gone on for a very long time in, you know, in the Middle East. And you see like large groups of people who you know, have, have lost homes in place. And then, you know, where we see that on, on a smaller level, you know, here in the United States where cultures are placed at odds with one another, it, it just seems like, um, I don't know, maybe the, the heat has turned up a little bit I mean literally in some ways um, so that for sure I think made me feel like you know I, I shouldn't wait <laughs> to, to get involved um, in a greater degree you know and but also I respect like the space for the poetic the space for contemplation I think those things are actually really important for nurturing um, the self in society and that you know if if more people had the space for that um, I think it would you know contribute to all of us you know I, I do find and, and I'm sometimes critical of that you know, it's certain classes or um, 
ethnicities that kind of have the privilege of more space for contemplation or reflection. And so that's, I think, just something to be aware of, of like, what, you know, who is it who can kind of choose to be on the outside of issues? And, and um, maybe not everyone actually gets to make that choice. And so I feel that there is a certain responsibility for people who have more privilege or even just more resources culturally to contribute where they can. Um, you know, and like, I love art. I, I love expression. And, you know, I, I love that there are people who, you know, are kind of deep within that personal process of, of, of experiencing something and questioning society, questioning meaning making, question, questioning kind of the philo philosophical structures by which we you know, apply ourselves to the world and that that can also, you know, on a poetic level shape who we are. Um, about two years ago, I founded a group called Societies for Poetic Action um, with a group of artists and really lovely people, you know, in Eureka and, and in the local area. And so, so one thing you know, we can look at is that the presence of artists has always had a, a role in society. Um, for me, art uh, reflects what's going on, but it also ha has a, a question asking component. Um, you know, it, it works with symbol a lot of times. And for me, symbol is one of these ways that we communicate um, to maybe a different aspect of our consciousness or selves. And it, it can be very, I think, potent for using the tools of art, using expression as part of our conversation with the world. Yeah, I, I just, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting conversation. I'm thinking about there's, there's a, an anecdote I, I share with a few of my girlfriends that, um, you know, I remember going to a movement workshop a while back ago, you know, and a lot of my, my realm seems to be these days kind of in more like the healing expressive arts kind of category. And, um, mm -hmm. and it was an amazing weekend, you know, it was like three, you know, two and a half days of just, you know, movement and expression. And, and it's, it's, incredibly, you know, cathartic, you know, to move, literally move, right? Sure. <laughs> Some of this stuff out of your body. Yeah. And then at the end, we had this reflection circle where, you know, the, the facilitator, the teacher asked us to sit and just kind of offer something, you know, words of wisdom, words of gratitude to back to the circle. Um, and this one lovely gentleman um, sitting next to me, um, you know, at the end of it, he's just, he made this comment that has stuck with me and it was, you know, he's just like, I want you all to know that, you know, it's like when we do this, it changes the world. And everyone just kind of had these big warm smiles that lit up on their faces. And my gut instinct was like, bullshit, you know, <laughs> it's like, yes, there is, <laughs> there's something right. that happens. Yes. When we, we create or we take part or we, we even, you know, part or watch as an observer, you know, something that touches us on a, on a heart level that changes our thinking that maybe expands our awareness. But there's this piece of me that mm -hmm. always, that, but that's not, that's, that's the entry point, right? You know, like the art is there maybe as right. a patient, it's not the thing itself, you know? Um, it's just interesting. I, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm loving very much. I'm just, <laughs> I'll fangirl out on you for a moment. Just this, the, the marriage you are creating right now of, 
you know, working artists working to make something that's beautiful and provocative, but also doing that, you know, elbow grease work of doing the not so sexy thing, right? Of, you know, <laughs> and typically minded. Because um, I think a lot of us, you know, again, creatives would prefer just to do the, the fun, feel good, make, make pretty, pretty stuff, you know? And so, yeah, sure. <laughs> kudos to you. Um, I wanted to ask, so what right now, <laughs> what to your mind are some of the big issues? What are some of the big changes and big shifts that you are wanting to see happen locally? And is there a larger um, parallel um, uh, beyond just the local realm? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, I really think that many of the issues that are up locally are are human issues and and I and I think there's a lot of tension, you know, across the United States um, around these issues. I mean, one of them is um, how people who are houseless are placed within society. Um, another, I mean, just you know, simple as economy and jobs and the the foundations for economy and jobs. I mean, nationally. I mean, we've been in the long-term shift from, you know, economies based on extractive industries in some ways um, to economies based on technology. And, you know, and, and the thing that's always been there, the economies based on relationships between people, such as like the health economy or social services or, you know, education, things like that. Um, and then also, I think real questions about, you know, issues of inequality and who has access to success, um, you know, and, and that factors in everyone from youth to, you know, people of color. It's interesting how we we often, I think this probably happens other places as well, but blame people who are on the street for their poverty. Um, and, you know, sure, I mean, sometimes, you know, like someone did something wrong and, and th there is some clear reasoning around that. But often, you know, people who have experienced poverty come already come from families that are very poor or, I mean, the, the reality is that most people who experience poverty or who are on the street have experienced um, significant amounts of abuse and neglect um, from childhood. And so, you know, we have a lot of people who have experienced trauma and haven't, I mean, it's, it's hard to know how to resolve trauma. I don't know if there's a way, but, but to give space to at least heal some of that or be in dialogue with finding a sense of safety, you know, from, from trauma. And I don't think we've answered that as a society, but I do think that um, people on city council are starting to take the need, at least that let's make sure that people have some of their fundamental needs provided for, such as housing uh, as a way of, you know, I don't think that people can really address trauma if they're 
actually being re-traumatized, you know, through like, like the lives of women on the street are very vulnerable. Um, there's a lot of fear, a lot of injury, um, a lot of, you know, I mean, rape is very, very common. Um, uh, I was in a, a play um, through Arcata Playhouse about the lives of women who experienced homelessness and close to 100% of people of women who've experienced homelessness have been raped. And you know, it, it's just, it, it's something I think we can cultivate a space for compassion that serves our humanity, serves our relationships with other people and doesn't threaten the success of our economy of jobs. And that's something I think we often, it's often posed as, well, you have to choose, you know, <laughs> jobs and economy or um, respecting and caring for vulnerable people. And I don't think that that's actually where the tension is. Um, I think that we can, you know, cultivate local businesses and opportunities for, for people and, you know, realize that there are some people who've experienced a lot of loss and we can, we can address that too. Um, and so that for me is, is really important in political leadership of like, okay, well let's, you know, develop business infrastructure and realize that there are people who need housing and we don't need to attack them because of that. Um, and that we can, you know, realize that, I mean, I don't know, every day or, <laughs> or often I'm very aware of how fortunate I am to have the capacity to do what I do in the world. And that, that, that my capacity isn't just for me, you know, <laughs> for my own success. Um, but that can be for the success of the community and that and then actually my life is you know no no better than anyone else's you know i mean like i really value that like all of us are important and you know we all have needs to be addressed there's a a civil rights activist who is is one of my heroes who who has Fannie Lou Hamer who has a quote, nobody is free until everybody is free. And and you know, it, it, which in a way I mean has I think a, a Buddhist sort of uh quality to it almost of oh like that, you know, we we want everyone to be released from suffering as much as possible. And that actually I think brings a greater joy to all of us. But I think I digressed. <laughs> no, um, no, I love that. I actually, know, you know, I'm, like, I'm writing everything <laughs> you're saying down and I, I want to, I want to bring it all back to that. Cause I, to me, I feel like, you know, I look at some of the conversations that happen online and particularly online, right. Where everyone's getting into these super vitriolic spaces, you oh. know, and, and, and I'm like, you know, so guys, yeah. like, no one, ever, <laughs> no one ever said, you know, Oh, well I believe this until some, 
you know, really outspoken person on the opposite point of view yelled at me on Facebook and used some really big words. And then I changed my mind, you know, it's like, cause I do, I think, you know, ultimately yeah. it comes down to, it's, it's not a change of mind almost. It's almost a change of yeah. the heart that needs to transpire. Right. Um, and so I'd love to get yeah. into that because yeah. I feel like there's, um, <laughs> that's it. That's, you know, if we could, we could just boil it down to one sentence is it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a complete sea change that needs to happen internally in order almost to affect that kind of change we want to yeah. see out in the world. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking as you're saying this, I, you know, I have a very real example in my own, you know, quite almost quite literally backyard. You know, I live up in an area where there's this weird confluence of, you know, you have people, you know, like college professors and retirees who, you know, save up and they have their dream homes up in this neck of the woods and everything's perfectly mm -hmm. manicured and lovely. Mm -hmm. And you got to respect that, you know, these are people that have worked hard and they, you know, you know, they, they have, you know, made good choices and whatnot. And they've been able to, you know, have a lovely kind of retreat um, from the rest of the world where they can call home. Right. And then, you know, mm -hmm. doors down, you have, um, it, you know, you've got the meth lab and you've got like, you know, just some gnarly stuff happening, um, you know, and literally, and, you know, and down the road from me, um, you know, two doors down is, is that kind of thing happening where, you know, it's, it, it's broken down cars and vehicles and, you know, like different, you know, random mm -hmm. and the cops are always being called and it's, you know, it's kind of, it's a blight, if you will, right. On the, the neighborhood and sure. there's, you know, theft that happens and people get gas stuff and out of, out of their cars. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's gross. It's gnarly. And there's the part of me that's, you know, kind of uppity and like, yeah, why does this have to be here? And then there's the other part of me that when I drive by and I look at the people who are, you know, living like that, and, and I know in my heart, I'm like, these people didn't get here because they had all sorts of opportunities handed to them. You know, it wasn't like they came from this really, really supportive, loving, um, you know, wealthy background and they chose this other reality, you know, because we know that poverty is, is it, you know, it's generally systemic. You know, people come from a background of trauma. They mm -hmm. come from a place where they don't have access. They don't have opportunities. They don't even have the basic, you know, human uh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? They don't have resources. They don't even have, you know, right. loving touch or care support typically, you know, they come usually from a place of abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, how we don't get lost in that binary of either or, you know, it's just like, how do we, let's just abolish this and get rid of it. Or how do we address it? Um, it it's, it's, I, you know, it's because I see those two places warring out just in myself because there's the irritated, rushed, you know, get my kid to school and be busy with my own life part of me that's like, ah, why is this here? Sure. And then there's the other part of me that realizes, well, there's another approach that's needed in order to actually address this. And it probably involves me slowing down. It probably involves me developing way more active compassion <laughs> than, than, I'm, than I've been accustomed <laughs> or, or sure. conditioned to, to cultivate. Um, I wanted to, um, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier, just some of your, you know, one of your, your luminaries, I guess, if you will, one of your, your, um, your mentors, can you speak to a little bit about who you're looking to right now? Um, who gives you, who gives you hope? Who do you look to, um, that you think is doing good work in the world that we can kind of maybe get a, a hit of inspiration or, um, <laughs> information from? Yeah. 
I mean, it's funny right now. I think my looking to is, is I really look to a lot of different people in this community. Um, there's, there's actually, you know, some, some really dedicated people in the community who care about people care about this place and you know in some ways my my gaze has been a little myopic because I'm just so involved with Eureka politics right now um and and that's one thing I'm excited about is you know is, is like some of the issues and I'll mention some specific names in a moment but like some of the issues you addressed about okay you know we we see these things on the streets and we actually need to apply some long-term strategic thinking to to our societal concerns you know I mean, obviously we can immediately help someone on the street or you know or make sure someone has housing but there's also i think looking at structures in place that help you know address things like adverse childhood experiences and you know that that do lead to houselessness or or poverty or um but you know, and, and part of my goals and, and it's something I already do is is try to get together or be involved and get togethers of people who are like, okay, let's really talk about our our challenges and build um coalitions around these things. Um but in the local community I really admire um Natalie Arroyo and Kim Burgell, you know, on, on city council. I think I mean of course no one's perfect, but they do really show up for things and they do try to weigh the interests of a lot of different people um, and make good decisions, you know, and decisions that probably won't make everyone happy. Um, but, it, but I have seen the effects of their, um, their work in this community and that they, they do show up and listen to people. Um, and then I really admire Nezi Wade, um, Janelle Egger. They, again, they they really show up for people. Um, Verbena, also, um, you know, the work of Cooperation Humboldt. It's a local group trying to build cooperative economies here in Humboldt County. Uh, I think they're doing some really good work of creating structures that. Um, build re resilience and, you know, give access to a lot of different kinds of people to participate in economies and food sharing and cooperative housing and uh, worker-owned co-ops. And, you know, are, they're kind of seeding a lot of projects here. Um, let's see, I, Libby Maynard, uh, the director of the Inc. People, I think she's she's just solid. <laughs> she's done a lot of work for people in this community. She's very respectful. She's able to negotiate and navigate differences in a way that I really admire. Um, you know, my mom's been out here helping me <laughs> with awesome. my campaign. <laughs> so Would you say there's people? I'm really thankful for her. If there's people outside the local area, I know we do have a few people that tune in from outside. Are there people on more of the, um, you know, the nationwide or global stage who are really speaking, you think, to to the issues confronting us right now that give you hope? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. A lot of it is about personal connection. And, and that's something, though, I, I encourage people 
for it. I mean, to me, it, it makes being active more accessible is like look for people in your community <laughs> and in your places that are doing things um, and see how you can participate. I, I mean, even if it's a simple thing, and that might grow to you know something that is actually the thing you want to do, but but that there's probably someone in your community already doing work that would really appreciate the help <laughs> and, and more camaraderie around work because it can be exhausting, you know, doing political work, doing um, society building work because um, there's, it's, you know, there's often minimal resources um, and, and a lot of negativity. Um, I mean, I've never <laughs> experienced the amount of kind of like personal negativity like towards my person, you know, than I've experienced now and running for office. And so it is, you know, the thing that has kept me going really is that there's also just a lot of positive people in my community that I can relate with. But I think that, you know, people reaching out to people who are doing work is, is really valuable. Yeah, no, I love that. I think um, that that's one thing I, I do some work sometimes with private clients and um, that's, you know, it's wonderful to be able to work one-on-one -on -one with someone because um, you, you can go so much deeper, mm -hmm. be very specific in what you're offering them. You know, your toolkit is very, very tailored to their specific needs. But that's one thing I always feel mm -hmm. is that I, as one single human being, cannot really give them is, you know, you, if you're trying to build something, whatever that is, you know, build up a, a business, a creative pursuit, uh, you know, build up your, your own well-being anything you're undertaking is going to do so much better with a supportive community. So um, I, I, I mm -hmm. think it's a, a wonderful thing just to, you know, to bring back in because it's, it's true. You know, we, we, I mean, cause what is your, is it together we thrive? Is that a, a, a piece of your yeah, campaign? My... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the kind of uh, theme, theme, the, the repeating theme of my campaign. <laughs> you know, it's, is that yeah like yeah we do and i i really believe that i think that the things that actually give our lives meaning are the the stories we tell ourselves to one another through our experiences we share um which is you know kind of, i studied anthropology in college you know so it's a, a, some of my philosophical thinking is very kind of framed by uh studies of cultures you know but that um, I think Clifford Gertz, you know, like culture or is webs of significance and, and that's how we kind of place ourselves or in the world is, is we're suspended by these different webs of significance that our cultures have um, created and that we also are co-creating um, through our actions. One thing I feel compelled to ask, and it wasn't something that, um, it's not my, my list of, of typed up questions, if you will. <laughs> I just keep thinking sure, sure. about, you know, so there's, there can be these, what I love about your campaign and about what I can see just from my own kind of, you know, voyeur perspective about the work that you are, are doing and have done both with synapsis and the community work and the political work is it's this, um, it's very grassroots, right? It's very centered in mm -hmm. the community in which you live and work. Um, and, and I think that's so important. There's also this other, 
um, conversation around, you know, it, it has to happen and in, in the highest levels of, of government and society as well. Sure. Um, and, and I think sometimes there can be this push pull, you know, like I know for me, I can yeah. feel really overwhelmed by the level of the degree of corruption operating at our, our larger, um, uh, places of government governance that I, I feel so mm -hmm. overwhelmed by that. I, you know, I feel like, well, you know, let's just completely opt out of this toxic stew and create our own little colony up here in the woods, you know, like we'll just do everything grassroots and <laughs> everything community oriented. Um, is there a place where those two can dialogue? And, and is, I mean, again, that binary, right? Is it either or like we can only do things at a grassroots level or we really need to be, mm -hmm. you know, calling our constituent, you know, where, where do those two places meet, you know, being active and engaged locally, but also trying to affect change on a grander scale. How do you, how do you, where is the place where those two intersect? Sure. Well, um, I do believe strongly that, you know, kind of fight the fight or, or apply ourselves on all fronts or, you know, or like, like that our movement towards um, healthy societies happens everywhere. <laughs> you know, I, I do think that generally we're more effective locally where we can actually place our bodies and ourselves and show up in a meeting or, you know, show up and, you know, tell someone, what you think or, you know, or show up at a, a, a political figure's office or, you know, or something like that. I think there's a power to that. And, um, you know, I do think it's important to, I mean, one, just be aware of that a lot of issues that are happening in our local worlds are, you know, magnified globally. Um, you know, and, and so there's even larger tensions that are playing out. I, I definitely struggle with that of sometimes just feeling overwhelmed with the, the immensity of, of things now that we're aware of on the global scale. Um, and for me, you know, stepping into running for city council um, was a way of kind of stepping up you know, and, and it's still like local and grassroots, but it's bigger than synapsis. You know, it's, it's that, okay, like, how can I work a little bit bigger or at least, you know, slightly expand my range in some ways? You know, at the same time, I mean, I think I saw you, Amy Day, at um, the Katie Hill for Congress making phone calls for her. You know, so that's one way of like, well, at least there's some like some little thing I can do for someone, someone else, you know, in California that's a larger race, a larger, you know, um, spectrum or threshold of, of possible change making you know and so I think also looking for those points where we can access um, more statewide or national politics um, I do you know hope to um, you know once I'm elected if, if I'm elected I'm working toward that um, you know advocate for things like um, single-payer health care statewide because I think um, through the League of Cities that all city council members are members of that that could become one of the central issues which might help you know move the move the needle a little bit on that like, I mean we all have to do our part in some ways but um, you know and there's 
you know, I mean, I think some of the protests that have happened are do give these kind of signals to the greater world happening in society that are expressing themselves. And there is a desire for a different kind of society, such as, you know, like, like the women's marches have been really powerful, you know, and, and the, and the March for Families also was really powerful. And that was, you know, one of those, those are both experiences where we have, you know, something where we're local, but we're also connected to national, the national movement. I, I wanted to ask you if you have not anxiety, if that's the right word, are you worried about, you know, I think one of the fears, you know, especially when we engage in these kind of greater political machines or when we start to do some mm-hmm. of the, the work of, of civil engagement or civil service is this feeling, there's a concern that it might eclipse all other uh, pursuits. Are you, are you worried at sure. all about um, <laughs> this taking over to the point where you may not have the time and energy um, to make art and to make things that feed your soul in that way? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, in some ways, you know, I mean, the thing talking about, you know, you talked about the body earlier and that's one thing that I feel is really absent in like the world of politics, uh, you know, as, as you think of it um, is physical expression, expression of the body. Um, So, you know, in the back of my mind, I have a performance piece I'm working on little, you know, little by little, but it's, you know, I mean, for sure, running for office, I think is very consuming. Um, It's pretty much a, you know, whenever I can be working, there's work to do sort of of job. Um, And, you know, fortunately, I love working. (laughs) So it's okay. But uh, I do think, you know, that for me uh, as an artist, um, I think it is important to have, you know, to keep my personal practice at least in some way. And, you know, but I'm I'm excited for once the campaign season is over or having a little bit more time to come back to that. But, you know, at the same time, I also do believe that, um, society building is an artistic practice. And I think that's a strength I can bring to it is that um, our political system in some ways is a theater or is an expressive form, uh, which which leads to a certain amount of humor, maybe like, oh, what is the stage saying? Or at least an opportunity for reflection on um, what what are these systems saying, or, or what's the theater being expressed? Um, but you know, for me, I think my life is richest when I have um, the capacity to exist and express through the body and through abstraction, um, along with the sort of more direct, kind of matter of fact. Uh, political system. So I, I don't know. I think I need those, and I think it actually creates a certain richness, you know, in in politics. That I also am an artist and a dancer, and you know, I make very symbolic work, um, and then that 
that actually doesn't negate, um, you know, lawmaking and, and, you know, and things like that and, and governing governance. Um, for me, I think one of the, and, and it's kind of ironic because I think it's hard to find in, in campaigning, but one of the most valuable aspects of governance actually is discernment and listening and paying attention. Um, and so I think that is really value. For me, that's, that's actually a fundamental component also of art making is that ability to see and listen and feel um, and to actually ap apply that to, to what we bring to um, society. So I, I hope that, you know, ultimately <laughs> my work is richer because of that. And for sure, sometimes there's a tension, you know, just, wow, I have not stretched, you know, in like two days. What's going on? I'm um, just reminding myself that that, that actually does nourish the, the kind of more practical work I'm doing. Or, or that is, and it's practical in a certain way, but the more um, political work. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> well, it makes me think there's a, there's um some, uh, the, the, the work of Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, the eat, pray, love lady who some people love, some people, you know, can't, <laughs> can't stand just maybe due to her immense popularity. She writes this great stuff about, you know, cause, um, mm -hmm. about creativity and how, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, writers in particular think, you know, like, well, you know, I could really, I could write if I could just move up to a little cabin in the woods and have no stress and no problems and no, you know, BS basically from the day to day. And then I could write my, you know, my beautiful, you know, magnum opus and her advice is like, no, like you get, get a crappy day job, you know, be in the world and go through <laughs> the suffering and the tribulations of everyday life. And that's how you're actually going to create art that is meaningful and rooted in reality. Um, and then on the, you know, the other end of that, it makes me think like, you know, what would a world look like where, you know, local and and national politics was infiltrated by you know art makers and performers and you know <laughs> like what would that look like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah cool. <laughs> <laughs> you started a movement um well i just you know you touched on this idea earlier this this um sentiment that your your life does not exist for only for your own betterment and that you either through just you know the way you know I don't, I don't know you know maybe the way you were raised or just you know what the books you've read the experiences you've had you have come to a, a realization in your own heart and mind a resolution if you will that your efforts need to move beyond just your own self betterment and your own self preservation. What do you, mm -hmm. how, how do we begin to move collectively? I know when I, I look around and I, I, you know, I see, you know, they, they call this, you know, a lot of it, you know, they call us the, this, the generation of the self or, you know, and we see a lot of our things, you know, just even again, you know, our social media kind of making it so that we're very, very, you know, we've become very, um, skilled at navel gazing, right? You know, it's like, you know, we exist in the age of the selfie and the constant, yeah. you know, blurts about what, you know, showing pictures of what we had for breakfast and, you know, what our kid did in school and, 
and it it's really become a glorification of just uh, of you know what I can contain in my own you know little parameter here. How do we start to move beyond that? How do we move from a place of um, you know self-centeredness to other-centeredness, where we are positioning ourselves as part of a larger whole? Um, how do we get there? <laughs> sure. Gosh. Um, I mean, I think I, I do value contemplation, you know, of other, um, I think is, is very important. Um, and, and some of it, I, I do think there, there's some, <laughs> it's, it's kind of what part of your navel do you gaze at or, you know, um, because there's a way in which sometimes the, I think the, the expressions of identity that we're always doing is, is actually um, not an, an inability to sit with like the things we're worried about or, or discomfort. And, and not to say that that has to be our focus, but that that, I mean, I know that I'm not perfect. I know that, every day I make decisions and some of those are better than others. And, you know, I'm constantly in a process of hopefully using some of that reflection to you know, make better decisions. But, I, but I think just seeing that, I don't know, I, I think in some ways there's a space in which like we are, interrelated i and i don't i don't know like i mean gosh like how how do i know that or how did i come to know that i mean i i think maybe there's there's a humility of of that like just knowing that like my own merits weren't because i'm a genius you know but because of the influence and the relationships of you know countless people i mean countless people who don't have a voice in our society. I mean, you know, just, just being aware of, of that we, you know, stand on, on the land of people whose land has been taken and, and that in some ways, like that, that there, there's, there's no real truth to the fact of, you know, the, the kind of like self-made person mythos, um, you know, I do think that some people excel in certain situations and, you know, and have different skills and gifts. But um, I, I used to teach preschool and, you know, one of the kind of ideologies I studied was this idea of like multiple intelligences. And, you know, our, our culture has given us the really like has prioritized certain types of intelligences, but that I think that everyone has some sort of, you know, intelligence that, that they can express. Um, and that, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I just think that the world is more beautiful when it's not just the world that I've made, you know, or that, or, or that, and that, I mean, which isn't even possible, but when I don't perceive it as the world that I've made, that I perceive like that there's this like, interconnected complicated like co-authoring that's happening all the time and that um, how can I respect that in my own authoring and in my own contributions you know and and how can I use the awareness of that 
to to see and give voice to people and people whose authorings are are often negated in our society and and I think that's just a constant daily practice that you know i I still have to remind myself of because it's you know it, it's it's almost a just a personal meditation um and, and you know and something that I hope to live up to you know as a city councilor as a representative of people there's it's <laughs> I, I always know that, you know, I've, I've, I've chosen well, if you will, <laughs> as far as someone to have on this show where, you know, <laughs> the hour is up and I'm like, oh my God, there's like 25 other things I want to ask this person and get their perspective on and hear their wisdom <laughs> on. Um, and yeah, we're there again. So, cause I, <laughs> like, when I talk to Leslie, about <laughs> and meaning in life and art and beauty and engagement. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, 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 I, I tend to think very visually. And so as you were speaking, you know, um, a, a lot of times we'll have people ask about, you know, the, the, the meaning behind the title of this show and, um, you know, it, I, it's mm. it's that right you know it's just this idea that you know we're part of a larger tapestry you know and we're each of us holding a thread mm-hmm. inside of this and so we can choose how we want to move and weave and navigate and embed ourselves into the fabric of of others around us um and, but that's you know we're we're a piece of a larger larger tapestry there and I just so so thank you just for for articulating that in such a beautiful way I am I really I I'm excited about this um idea of the 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 theater of politics (laughs) and I'm excited to see what you do in this new new realm and um and I just I, I I hope that you'll inspire others of who are of like mind and spirit who who maybe feel that politics is not the place for them to use their particular um, gifts and passion. Um, I, I think I know for me you've really awakened some some new insights. So I just um, I'm excited oh. what you're gonna do from here on out. Thanks, Jamie. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, and I feel yeah, people you know people of, of the world and people you know get in touch like I love opening up conversation to other people and you know creating communities and you know and coalitions so feel free to get in touch and participate or you know yeah like just keep the conversation going um with with, so that's what let's all keep the conversation going with one another so that's one thing (laughs) i will i will just say i'd love to end it there is just um where yeah i want to make sure that people know where to get involved um because when this airs there's going to still be some time to find out a little bit more about you and the campaign if they want to get involved um where should i have people look to go find out more about you and the work that you're doing and to um yeah yeah, probably the easiest way right now is to go for leslieforeureka.com. That's my campaign website. Um, on that, there's also kind of a box where you can email me and get in touch with me. And so, you know, even if you're interested in my art practice or synapsis, you can still get in touch with me there and contact me that way and then read a little bit about my campaign and platform and policy ideas um, would be great. That's lesslieforeureka.com.
The following piece is an excerpt from Leslie Castellano's address to those gathered this year at Humboldt's Pride Celebration. For the full piece, which I highly recommend, please check the link in the show notes. From Leslie. Humanity is a curious web, spinning in threads of meaning, a confusion of the senses, haphazard poetry. We equally know pleasure and pain. We are all still forming, our delicate natures too often assaulted by the crush of injustice, control held by those who have the most, those whose voices are clamoring in chambers of fear. We must be courageous in love. We must stand together, powerful in our capacity to embrace change and in the ways we build connection to lay the foundations for a community in which all people flourish. I believe power can be an expression of gentleness. And what is gentleness but a space to feel one another? A presence with a self and society slowly forming. A quiet sensing. A space where the improbable has chance to breathe. A chance to feel still, wet wings. We are performing ourselves in conversation with the complexities of society. People try to tell us who is beautiful, who is allowed to create a vision for society, who is allowed to hold power. And I say that this access to beauty and to the making of the constructs of who we are belongs to all of us. Let us remember to see what is possible in the peripheries. Today we celebrate one another and the wild unknown. We celebrate unchartered expressions of joy and the worthy struggle to bring our visions into being. Together we thrive. I hope you've enjoyed another installment of MEND. Please stop by and leave a rating or review on iTunes for us and let us know what is landing or resonating with you. If you have comments, rants, love notes, or questions, please send them our way at mendpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for showing up here with me and for showing up in your own corner of the world, bringing the full measure of your own inner artist and change maker to the mending that is needed so much at this moment. Cheers. I'll see you next time.